If you're interested in small business, you're going to want to subscribe to the Small Business Showcase by Kaizentree. We meet with small business owners every week to discuss lessons that you can apply in your own journey. Learn from their failures, successes, and stories to discover how to build a life doing what you love. For those of you who already have a small business, be sure to check out kaizentree.com, an online platform that helps manage your inventory, sales channels, customer relationships, and more. Welcome to the Small Business Showcase. My name is Emily, and it's great to have you here. Joining us today is Caridwin from Millowood Cheese Company, a second-generation cheese company founded in 1988. How are you today, Caridwin? I'm very well, Emily. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. To start off, can you tell us a little bit about what Millowood Cheese Company is all about? I absolutely can. So my parents set up Millowood Cheese Company back in 1988, as you said, after spending a lot of time in Europe and coming home to Australia where the variety of cheeses were was very limited. Um, there wasn't really much specialty cheeses being made in Australia at that time in the 80s. And so they sort of set out to try and build a company where they could make some European-style cheeses, particularly um, something like the Gorgonzola Dolce, which is a really lovely, mild, creamy blue, which just wasn't something that they could get in Australia. They The only blues were sort of really strong over-the-top blues that had been imported from overseas. So they may have been lovely in their country of origin, <laughs> but by the time they'd got out to Australia, they, they weren't in the best. So that was really the impetus to start Miller Cheese Company was to create some beautiful, mild, mellow blue cheeses. And from there, the range has definitely grown exponentially. We've got about 20 different styles of cheese now. That's amazing. It sounds like your range has really been able to grow as the business grows. Can you tell us a little bit about how Millowa got started? Yeah, so we originally started just with cow's milk. We are situated foothills of the Victorian Alps, which is a beautiful dairying area, lots of lovely green grass for the cows to be eating. Um, so that was the initial milk that we started with. We also set up in the early days a tasting room on site, sort of basing it off the model of the local wineries in the region, having a, a tasting room on site where you can get immediate feedback from the consumer about how your product is developing and so when you open up a cheese shop and you have one cheese people start to say oh you make this blue but what about this or what about that and that's sort of how the range slowly developed from people requesting certain things or us wanting to provide a style of cheese for people to enjoy when they were visiting us on site the next cheese that we made was a washed brine style of cheese, which is quite a sticky style of cheese. That first one was a very full-on cheese, which was probably a little bit too much for a lot of the, uh, visitors at the time. So we also then made a, a much milder version. So we were able to really work with how people's flavours and tastes were and trying to make cheeses that were going to be accommodating of that. And so then, yeah, so we started with the cow's milk and then, you know, into the early 90s, I think it was when we started with some goat's milk as people started to think about, you know, different health benefits of the um, different milks. So goat's milk tends to be a little bit more easily digested than cow's milk by a lot of people. So that was a bit of an impetus. And also having a local farmer coming to us saying, I've got these goats, how about I milk them? <laughs> that helps a lot. <laughs> so we've been working with the same family of, goat milk producers for they're also now in their second generation as well which is a lovely little story there with the the goths from goth bay in mansfield 
So we make cows and goats milk cheeses. We did dabble with some sheep's milk cheeses there for a little while, but that was once again, we had a, a local farmer that wanted to milk his sheep rather than shear them. <laughs> he was an old farmer and had a bit of a go at it, but unfortunately decided it was all too hard for him and there wasn't anyone else that wanted to step up and do the milking. So whilst we loved making sheep's milk cheese, it's a lovely milk to make cheese from the high fat protein ratio is really excellent. Fortunately, we don't have the supply of that milk anymore locally. That's unfortunate because sheep's milk cheese sounds really good. (laughs) So you mentioned earlier that Millowood Cheese Company tasting rooms are inspired by vineyards. Yeah. How did that idea come around? Yeah, so we have um, in our region beautiful wineries all around us in the King Valley and up into the Alpine Valleys, some wonderful wineries. And part of the local model here in Miller, there's a particularly well-known winery called Brown Brothers Winery. I think they're now in their eighth generation. Wow. So they're one of the first families of wine in Australia and they have, have always had a tasting room on site and that, that was sort of an inspiration for my dad who could see, A, the, the business potential in that, getting that immediate feedback, but also the tourism aspect of being able to, you know, get the retail dollar over the counter is a great benefit when you're, you're trying to make ends meet in the early days while you're trying to make some cheese because, you know, you buy, you buy the milk and then you turn it into cheese and it sits there on the shelf for quite a while before you actually get any return on it. So, yeah, having, having the cash coming across the door was something that definitely my parents needed in the early days. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. I didn't think about it before, but cheese definitely has a big barrier to entry considering how long it takes to actually produce it and be able to start selling. Being able to get some cash flow right away is definitely important. Most of the small business owners we've talked to started their own businesses, but you're second generation in this business. So how do you think that's impacted your journey? Right. Well, so obviously my parents started the business in the 80s, which was a very brave, I might say silly time (laughs) to do it. In Australia, we had the recession we had. It was really the wrong time to be venturing into your own business. So I grew up really seeing that struggle and how much time and effort that they put into it every single day. Like my mum ran that shop seven days a week, nine to five by herself. Dad was in the factory um, we'd finish dinner and I'd go and help him salt blues uh, <laughs> after dinner and things like that. So but I was um, eight years old when we moved to Millua and started the business. So I was quite aware of what was happening uh, and how hard they were working to try and make this dream come true for them. And so seeing the development of the business and seeing the traction that it started to get and how much people enjoy the product that we make, that was, you know, My parents never put pressure on me to take over from them. I put a lot of pressure on myself to do that, (laughs) to see that the legacy that they had created was continued. And so in a way, I guess I, you know, went through high school and always kind of felt like eventually I was going to be involved with the business. So when I went to university, I didn't feel like I needed to do a very vocational degree. (laughs) I went and did classics. (laughs) which is not particularly uh, cheese related, but enjoy, enjoyed my time at university expanding my mind. Uh, and then after that, I went over to London where I finally did a little bit of vocational stuff, which was working at Neil's Yard Dairy, which anyone in the cheese industry would understand is basically the cheese retailing mecca. <laughs> yeah, so it was a really, really wonderful opportunity to spend. I spent about five years working over there and 
really expanding my knowledge of cheeses of the world. I think that's one thing that when you grow up in your own business, being able to get out of it to see the wider industry um, and how other people do things is really important because I guess what they, <laughs> in the winery term, would be like you sell a pellet and, you know, growing up listening to my dad all the time, that was what I thought was true and right and believed everything he said. And then you go outside of that and you get a lot more variety of opinions um, and beliefs around different things. And so that was a really great opportunity for me to start to work out in my own head how I wanted to move forward with the business. Um, And so when I came home, I started back in the business in a range of different roles. Um, from our retail manager, we at the point that time we also had a restaurant on site as well. So I did a bit of manage that for a bit. I sort of did a bit of marketing. I've sort of been in and around lots of different facets of the business. Whilst yeah, my dad was still running the, the business. Um, and then in the last five years or so, I've had the opportunity to step up and take over the role of running Miller Cheese Company, which was it's a very fraught <laughs> sort of process when you that generational change you know that this is the business that my parents had made this you know dad was running it and he had certain things in place and that's how he liked to do things obviously coming in you want to put your own stamp on it but also be respectful of the history and the tradition and the you know the legacy really of what has been made so it was a little bit of a um not necessarily difficult, but it was a bit fraught <laughs> in that that changeover period. But um, yeah, no, he's been one of my biggest supporters, so that's been fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's a really fine balance to strike because you don't want to change the whole business, right? You want to remain true to what was already there, but you also want to make the updates. And especially having gone to school in London, there were, I'm sure, things that you learned that you might want to change in the business and you want to make sure that you're still respecting your parents' vision for the business as well. I'm guessing that gets a little tricky sometimes. Yeah, there's been been some uh, heated words over the family dinner table from time to time. <laughs> I totally believe it. I mean, when you're trying to strike a balance between what your father wants with the business and what you want with the business, especially in that in-between when you're still kind of uncomfortable with the new roles of the company I'm sure that can definitely come to a head sometimes Mm. and even though you didn't start your own business do you have any advice for someone who is starting their own business who's maybe starting from the ground up with their own passion I think anyone that's going to be starting their own business you're going to be thinking about it for a little while you're going to have a bit of a, a passion or an idea about what you want to do and I think if you're not passionate about it you're not going to be doing any of your own research (laughs) and if you're not passionate about it you shouldn't be doing it in the first place Um, but I think if you've got an idea that you're going to you are going to research that possibly getting some experience in that area outside of you know your own business maybe going working with someone else for a year or two and it's a long it's a long game not a short game if it's going to be something that you're going to continue doing for a long time. Yeah that's really good advice to just get out there and Learn from others about what you're passionate about because who knows, it could definitely expand your horizons. Can you tell us a little bit about what Millowood Cheese Company offers? I saw on your website you've got a cheese subscription box. Okay, so we've just really launched the Cheese Club in the last couple of months um, and it's sort of grown out of COVID really. For such a long time, we didn't 
feel like we could send cheese in the post. It just didn't seem to be something that we could do, particularly here in Australia where the temperature extremes are large and the country is huge. So the <laughs> it can be in transit for quite a while. We realised early on in COVID, as we saw what other businesses were doing, that actually there are products available that can make that a possibility. Different types of insulation, different types of ice packs, different types of packaging that help make that physical reality. And that sort of started the ball rolling for us thinking about how do we get to use this in our business? And also in the cheese business, that tyranny of distance, particularly in Australia, is difficult because when you're making cheese, specialty cheeses that can be quite volatile if you're making really interesting stuff, to make cheeses that are going to work in a long cold chain distribution model, you need to sort of change the way you do it so that it does sort of dumb down in a way the flavour and the consistency so that it will be a consistent product that'll be shelf stable, all those sorts of things. So what was exciting about the opportunity of going, we can get this cheese into a box and it's going to be in someone's home by the end of the week, that kind of changed the game a little bit for us. So we're really excited about the opportunity of instead of making, you know, well, we've got our regular range, which is fantastic, but this is giving us the opportunity to really play at making exciting cheeses in small batches. So, yeah, we're really excited about Cheese Club being something we can showcase our range, but also a really great opportunity for us to showcase how awesome we can be as cheesemakers in a small batch kind of funky, you know, let's just play and see how this goes and, you know, flavour and all the rest is really high and amazing, but, you know, it's not necessarily something that we're going to put into our nationwide release because it's not going to work going through distribution cold chain. So that really has been something we've been working towards and it's really exciting. So the items in the cheese club are really designed for cheese people. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. And would you recommend that other small businesses, maybe not food-based companies, but any company do subscription boxes as part of their offerings? Yes. It's something of, you know, COVID has definitely changed the way a lot of people do business. I think it's been an amazing time for some businesses have been able to really, you know, pivot and change and work with the new norm. And I think those businesses are doing really well. And then obviously there's some businesses that have unfortunately been hit really hard. So it's a very double-edged sword. We've been really lucky to be one of those businesses that have actually done okay through COVID and that's part of you know getting that online store happening and just really trying to change and pivot and get the sales wherever we can really (laughs) you know people people can't come to our cellar door anymore Um, so how do you get the cheese to them we'd been thinking about it for a few years but it wasn't front of mind and we didn't need it so we didn't push for it probably wish now that I had have pushed for it a bit earlier (laughs) because we would have been up and ready at the start of COVID but it's been a really interesting journey and we've found with our lockdowns in Australia, when, when everything gets locked down, our online sales increase. <laughs> um, so, we've, yeah, Melbourne just recently had another two weeks extended to its very tough lockdown. So our, our Melbourne sales are quite high at the moment. <laughs> I can only imagine. We've heard from 
quite a few businesses that the pandemic really forced them to turn their focus online in a way that they didn't expect to have to do so quickly. Yeah. I saw on your website that you've also got kits for people to make their own cheese at home. Can you tell us a little bit about those as well? Well, they, this is actually, um, they're made by a company in New Zealand, I think, that we, we stock in our shop. It's something that people often come into the cheese factory and ask about whether we have cheese making classes. And from time to time, we've run a few. It's not really our, our bread and butter, so to speak, is, you know, that side of business. So finding these kits was something that we're able to take on board. And once again, it's that, you know, people come into the shop and ask about something. So how do we fulfill that need? And so, yeah, finding these kits was really amazing. I think they're called Mad Millie's cheese making kits, if anyone wants to look those ones up. Yeah, it's a really good opportunity for people to try making cheese at home. And I guess some people might think, well, if you can make cheese at home, why would you buy our cheese? But I think <laughs> I think the one thing is once you've tried to make cheese, you realise how hard it is and how much it is worth the, t- the money that you spend on good cheese is worth every cent. <laughs> now that is a sentiment we have heard from pretty much all of our small business owners who offer classes teaching people how to make their products. They always <laughs> say that people appreciate the products that they're providing so much more once they know all the work that goes into it. Yeah. <laughs> and just because Mad Millie's is a third-party company, how do you strike a balance between the things that you're producing and maybe offering products from others in your store? Obviously, we focus mainly on cheese <laughs> and then having a sort of a tourist offer in our region. So being able to showcase particularly locally made products that may not have their own tasting room or shop on site. Uh, so it, it's a really great opportunity for people to come to the Miller Cheese Factory site, which also has there's a winery cellar door on site, there's a bakery, cafe, gift shop. Those are all separate tenancies. But within our own store, having a range of things that people can come in and pick up all the bits that would add to a cheese platter, I guess. So you've got all the different types of crackers and you can get some lovely preserves that are going to go well on your cheese platter and just sort of get a bit of the region when you come and shop with us in store. It is so fantastic to hear that you're using your more developed store to really support the younger small businesses all around you. Yeah, I think generosity is a really important thing, I guess, in business. You can try and just make your little piece of the pie the biggest piece. But when you just expand the entire pie, everyone's piece gets bigger. And I think that's a nicer way of doing business and really just being, you know, I want the biggest slice. I'm like, I would like the biggest pie. Let's let's make the entire pie huge. <laughs> when you think about it that way, you can really see how everyone wins when you're supporting each other. Everyone wins, exactly. I know another really popular thing when people visit factories is to do a tour. Is that something that you guys offer? We do not actually do tours, no. People come to the cheese factory all the time asking about tours, and that is one thing that we are not able to help them out with. Due to some health regulations and the hygiene in the factory, it's just not something that we can really make work. <laughs> so we, we often, that is one thing that we do disappoint people with a lot. Unfortunately, we don't provide tours, but we do have the tasting room where people can try all the cheeses and get to be informed and educated about the types of cheeses that we do make. Yeah, just unfortunately, no physical tours. <laughs> Maybe a virtual one coming up. <laughs> 
That would be fun, though. Then you could take a tour from anywhere internationally. Exactly. <laughs> so really, the tasting room is like a tour offering. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works? In the olden days, pre-COVID? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. We had um, sort of an area where we had cheeses on a big board and people would come up and we would get, hand them over to tastings of the entire range of the cheeses, we through to the older cheeses, giving them an explanation of each cheese and how it's made. Obviously, that sort of quite close contact model that can't work anymore. Um, so we're doing the best that we can at the moment, which is some little tasting trays that people can take and some information for them to go and sit outside or it's not quite as intimate as it used to be, which is trying to find that balance is going to be difficult. Something we're working on at the moment is trying to work out how do you provide that experience when you can't be too close because I don't think that is going to change in the immediate future. <laughs> I, don't, I can't even imagine going back to the time before when everyone was pressed in trying to grab a piece of cheese. Um, <laughs> it just seems unbelievable now. So Yeah, I'm sure that situation is way different, but I'm also sure you're doing the best that you can given the unexpected circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's sort of our next pivot point is how do we make that experience much better than what it is currently. And looking forward, as you've had to make changes in the business these past about a year now, I guess, <laughs> what are your plans for the Milowitz Cheese Company in the next five years, maybe? Well, I guess as I was mentioning about the Cheese Club, that's just a really exciting avenue for us. That's something that I am very keen to build. Our first subscribers have, over the last couple of months have grown exponentially, which is fantastic. I, I can see that becoming a really huge growth area for us and that's something I want to focus on. But also building our local tourism offer we're in a wonderful tourist area here in Millerwood in the Gourmet region. And I think as people aren't able to travel overseas and sometimes not even able to travel interstate anymore, <laughs> creating a really fantastic experience here on site is, I think, going to be a, a big driver for our future growth as well. So those online, like obviously continuing the current national distribution model, in the background, but also really focusing on our cheese club and our local offer here on site is they're the two main goals for the next few years. And your cheese isn't just available online, is that correct? It's also available in stores for people to purchase? Yep, through a few different uh, distributors here in Australia. Yeah, so people can buy it at their local shops if, if they ask for it. Um, not, we're not stocked everywhere, but we should be able to get anywhere that people want it. So if people are asking their, their local cheese shop, get some Milua cheese in, then they should be able to get it for them. I'm sure that's fantastic news for many of our Australian listeners. And now that we're getting towards the end of our conversation, is there anything else that you'd like to share with small business owners? Any other bits of advice? You can't do it all on your own. You need great people around you uh, that are going to support you, that are going to help you build the business that you want to build. And I think whilst having really wonderful people is centre, but also building in the structures so that no one is irreplaceable, like anyone should be able to pop in and do that job. It should, should never just have like that silo of information being one person because if they do leave, then you've got a lot of <laughs> relearning to do. So trying to keep 
what you develop and build in the business it's still in the business so that you know you can keep developing I could not agree with that advice more. I think it is so important to make sure that anyone could fill anyone's role. And I feel like that really ensures that the entire company knows what's going on and knows where the company is headed as a whole. And you could really work together like that. All pulling in the same direction. (laughs) Just to finish up here then, where can our listeners find you online? Well, we're obviously our own website, which is www.millowacheese.com.au. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as Millowa Cheese. If they'd like to follow us, obviously we can only currently ship Australia-wide, but <laughs> if you want to send, send some cheese to a friend in Australia, it's quite easy. <laughs> that all sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show, Caridwin. Thank you very much, Emily. It's been an absolute pleasure. See you. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Showcase. If you liked the episode, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss out on the next one. The discussion continues online. Head over to kaizentree.com articles to share your thoughts on today's show and to read some of our articles which cover useful topics, such as what to do about Apple's new iOS update. For more from Kaizentree, follow our Instagram at kaizentree or visit our website www.kaizentree.com. That's www.kaiznt.re.com